Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for his goodness and his grace. Thank him for getting us just to this point. Amen. I don't know which was was worse, the, the dance and not worse in a bad way, but worse that I'm about to cry my makeup off. Praise the Lord. <laughs> But tonight we are going to be talking to you guys coming to bring the word of the Lord first and foremost grace and peace unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ as a combined and collaborative effort throughout all of the houses we speak blessings and decree blessings over you even as you position yourself to hear what the word of the Lord has to say tonight. Tonight we are going to be coming from the book of James chapter 3 and our title tonight is the art of discipline. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say the art of discipline. I'm going to cultivate how to discipline myself in this new year so I can see the full manifestation of what God has promised me show up. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I'm done taking trips around the mountain. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So let's get into the word. James chapter three, verse one. And the word of the Lord declares, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, Jesus. For in many things we offend all, but if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and is able also to bridle the whole body. For behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which though they be so great and there are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small hymn wheresoever the governor listens. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, now a great matter, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity, Jesus. So in the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going to kick us off tonight. And we're, again, we're talking about the art of discipline, right? We're talking about the art of discipline simply because, you know, um, when we talk about art itself, Art is an exquisite or a different expression of an intention of something, right? And when we're talking about discipline itself, what the word discipline means is to the practice of training to obey rules or code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. And I know already that's, you know, we feel a little tightness right there. Hallelujah. But come on and loosen back up. Open on up. And let God deal with us so when we cross over, we can cross over right. We're talking about the art of discipline. And when it comes to this little thing that we have in our mouth, this is what God comes to deal with. Because if you look at the history, the background, I'm going to give you a little background tonight. We know that James, who was a half-brother of Jesus, it was literally almost nobody could get a little closer to him besides Mary or the Holy Ghost or God. 
He grew up watching Christ. He grew up seeing the backdrop of ministry, the backdrop of process. Even Christ himself said he understood and learned through the things that he suffered, right? So these are the things that God comes to deal with us tonight because there is accountability that is coming to the house of God. The Lord said, behold, he comes to check the house first before he begins to deal with the world because this is what this is really about. This is about a transition to get God's people in position. And the first place he's going to start off with the mouth. He's starting off with the mouth because James was actually addressing Jews who were in Judaism that had came over into Christianity. And how many of you guys know that anytime we're talking about a transition, anytime we talk about the move of God, anytime God begins to actually do things, we begin to see that people love to have something to say. And this is why we have to begin to address the mouth tonight, because before something comes out of the mouth, we need to make sure that we're checking what's coming out of our mouth so God can get together and bring it together an alignment of what he is trying to do. So everybody who was coming from Judaism into Christianity, it was a transition into Christianity. And all before we get to chapter three, he's addressing hypocrisy. He's addressing stability, and he's also addressing what faith really looks like, not just hearing the word, but doing the word, not just hearing the word, but really application. And so it wasn't an uneducated people that he was talking to. And like many of us, we've been rooted and grounded in the word. We've been schooled in the prophetic. We've been schooled to bring the taught word. We've been schooled on how to pull revelation and pray understanding and pray the spirit of God and pray what God is saying. And we we, we up on the prophet. Hallelujah. We, we got that. But what we don't have is how to tame this prophetic mouth. Praise the Lord right there. So what he's talking about when he starts off and he says, verse one, he said, my brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive a greater condemnation. Now, is he saying this because God doesn't want you to make full use of your education, all the things that you have learned in God, all of the things that you've gone through? No, he's not saying that. He does not say, oh, we don't want you to be all that you can be, you know, in the Lord's army. Hallelujah. But what he is saying, he said, brother, and be not many masters. Why? Because God has been trying to examine the intention of why you really want to know the word. God is looking to see why is it that you want to be so schooled in the word? Is it because you really love the word? Is it because you want to grow closer to God? Or do you want to actually be able to use the word to make yourself feel better, to pick up self-esteem, or to be able to use that sword to cut people? Or to cut situations or try to wield the word of God to manipulate it, to move it in your own, your own desire. He said, brother, be not many masters. He's saying, listen up. Don't put yourself in a position for this because you got to know that we shall receive a greater condemnation. And condemnation doesn't mean just damnation, you're going to hell. The other definition that goes along with that is that you shall receive the greater public scrutiny. And we love to teach and preach, glory to God. But what we cannot take is the public shame that comes with being a master because being a master means you're putting on understanding you're putting on knowledge and when you put on knowledge we tend to get puffed up in it so god has to bring us back 
Hallelujah. Glory. I feel the spirit of Jesus. He has to put us back down into a position where we understand that we're going to be on a platform, but on that platform, are you going to be able to take what's going to come with that platform? Because we are crossing over. We are all stepping in new, to new positions, new dimensions, new understanding. But with your new understanding, are you also ready, not getting ready, ready to take what, what comes with that platform? Hallelujah. So, he keeps, he keeps going and him saying, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Come on, let's roll to verse two for me. And he says, my brethren, because we offend all. And, in, and if any man offend not in word, he's the same as a perfect man able to bride his whole body. What is he saying? He's pretty much talking about how teachers and as a master teacher, and if you look at that word, that word actually means a doctor which means you're a scholar, you're a doctor of the law, you're a doctor of the word. You are a, a, a two, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You are a, a, just a student of the word. And why is he saying for in many things we offend all? Because as a master teacher, it is your job to offend people's thinking in order to change it, to go into the other direction. And this is why we also back away a little bit because when it comes to offending people, we don't like to offend people. But sometimes, even though, you know, I, I tend to be outspoken, but most people don't know, I will avoid conflict if necessary because I don't always know what's going to come out of my mouth. And I don't always know how it's going to come out of my mouth. And when we talk about being offended, it's not just an emotional thing. Offense is talking about tripping someone up in the direction that they're going. So he's saying as a master teacher, it is going to be your job to slow somebody else's walk down that's going in the wrong direction. And I don't know about y'all, but in my experience, people too, who are going in the wrong direction, sometimes they will literally fight you to stay going in the wrong direction. It is not always a joyous thing to be a teacher. It is not always a joyous thing to be like, oh, let me come and help you. Let me get some knowledge to you. Let me get help you to understand because people are under the, under the assumption that they get it. They know already. But he said, if any man offend not in word, he is the same purpose, able to bridle his home body. Now I'm going to tie it together. Come on, Mike, and let's go to verse three. Because I know I only got 20 minutes and it'll be like the shortest message of my life. Praise God. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth and that they obey us. And we turn about the whole body. Go ahead and flip the four because I'm going to bring these two together. And behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small hem. Whethersoever the governor of the list um, wherever the governor of the list. So what he's saying in both instances, he's giving two examples of things that wield great power of things of other things that are of great magnitude, right? He's giving a horse as an example, and he's also giving um, the rudder that, that stirs great ships. But the two things that both of these things have in common is that they use an amount of pressure to change direction. Keep that in mind. It's a lot of pressure that goes with a direction change, with a shift and with a transition. And, uh, you know, we're excited because we're transitioning into another year. But are we also excited about the pressure that it's going to take to literally get us from that one place to another? Because if you talk about how the bit in the horse's mouth, I did a little research with that. When you put 
the bit in the horse's mouth. It's literally putting not just pressure in his mouth because you think it's just the bit that's making him go. But it's not. That bit puts pressure in the horse's mouth, on his tongue, on his face, in his neck, and it is considered to be painful. And it is pain, Lord have mercy, that tends to make us all swift, shift, go in another direction. When you look at that rudder on that boat, if you think about the speed that that boat is going through the water in order for that entire boat to change direction, think about the level of pressure that it takes. And also you're already in water. So water is harder to fight if you are on air. So it takes so much pressure. But the greatest thing that I believe that the Lord has showed me about that is that even when it comes to the bit and it comes to the horse's mouth with the bit, it is the bit is part of a system. And see, this is what the men of God got when, when, when the Lord began to give him the art of discipline, because these are strategies that God tends to use that we don't recognize that God is doing to get us in position. And all of this is starting with the mouth. But like I said, the bit is a part of the system, but what controls the bit? What is the bit attached to? In case anybody doesn't know, it is the reins. How many times do we hear God trieth the reins of man's heart? And we, you know, when we break down the word reins and we talk about that, it sometimes it's translated in the Hebrew of kidney. Sometimes it's translated as mind. Sometimes it's translated at heart. But we know that that means it is the seat of the affection. It is the desire. So what it's saying is that God tends to put pressure on the heart to see what direction your mouth is going to go in. Because when everybody's all happy and everything is great and hunky-dory, ha-ha-ha, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All of that's fine. We don't have a problem saying the right thing. We have a problem saying the right thing when God begins to put the pressure on us. And a lot of times we don't, we don't, we don't cross-reference or equal pressure when it comes to anointing. And we always talk about, oh, Lord, use me. I want to be anointed. I want to be a speaker of all speakers. I want to be the teacher of all teachers. But the pressure that comes with that, there's a discipline that God uses when he puts the pressure on your mouth to see what direction you're going to take. And why am I talking about pressure and direction and all of this other stuff? Because guess what? It's about the offense. Because what kind of pressure are you going to be putting on someone's life to trip them up in the right way? Are you going to be able to trip them up to go in God's direction? Are you tripping them up to go in the direction that you want to lead them because you feel in some kind of way? I, which I hate that saying. I feel some type of way. Well, what way is that? <laughs> Hallelujah. But let me go back before I go on my little bunny trail. Praise God. So let's go ahead and go to verse five and six. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of the great things. Behold, a great matter, um, the great matter, a little bit of fire kindled. And go ahead. Yep. Thank you. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So that the tongue among our members, that is the file of the whole body and set Set it on the set on fire the course of nature and set and it is set on the fire of hell. Like if you think about all the times you're like, ooh, somebody says something, ooh, that's fire, that's fire. But what kind of fire? Because we know there's a certain thing called strange fire. 
And with strange fire, you put yourself in a position to be consumed by the real fire. And that is what God is coming to address in the body. Because again, he's saying, why do you want a platform? Why do you want to teach? Why do you want to speak? Is it that the, what you got in your mouth is going to set somebody's life ablaze with the fire from the coals of the altar from the Lord? Is that the consuming fire that you're looking for? Or is it set on the fire of hell? And the reason God is taking this thing so seriously is because we were made in God's image. He spoke and things became. When God speaks, he releases a spirit. When we speak, God, we release a spirit. But what spirit is attached to that? And because generally we, we know how to talk. And, see, and remember, James is addressing a church people. They used to church. They was going to temple every week. Hallelujah. They was going to the synagogue, giving their doves and goats and all of this other stuff. We know the right thing to say. We know the right thing to do. However, what spirit is attached with whatever verbiage you're using? Because you can say the right thing, but it's still not produce what it needs to produce. I never forget this. Elder McKinney said this, honey, impact trumps intention. She said impact trumps intention. Shouts out to you, woman of God, because what is the intention of your heart when you open up your mouth? When God begins to pull those reins of your desires and he begins to pull those reins of what's going on in your life and he begins to apply pressure to your environment, are you going to stay the course or are you literally just going to talk crazy and burn everything down? And this is what we're going to have to be mindful of going into this year because God is doing a new thing. There is a great transition that is coming about, not just within our body, but the entire body of Christ. And what we speak is going to be so important. It's either going to bring together and it's going to solidify or it's going to burn everything down. And you have to make the decision of what it is you're going to say. Are you going to trip somebody in the right direction? Or are you going to set their life on fire of hell? Ask yourself that question. That's all I got to say. Well, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, y'all know my favorite thing to say is, Praise the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So somebody should have a praise on tonight. Hallelujah. That we made it to this place. Come on, say, God, I made it here. And I made it alive. God, I made it to this place. Hallelujah. I'm going to let God be God. But God, I'm going to give you praise tonight. Hallelujah. He is an awesome God. Hallelujah. We give him honor, glory, and all the praise on tonight. Hallelujah. God, he's deserving of all of our praise. Amen. I'm telling you, as we come together tonight, we're talking about letting God be God. You know, we thank the Lord for the art of discipline. As God is disciplining us, as we are going into this new year, I'm not going to hold you. I'm just going to go ahead and grab my scriptures and go right into James chapter 3, verse 7 through 12. And the scripture and it's for every kind of beast and birds and of servants and things in the sea is tamed and have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, 
which are made after the similitude of God. And out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and curses. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do what the fountain sent forth, the same place sweet water and bitter. And my last scripture says, and can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. Amen. And so I'm going to stay with the same topic, amen, as we're talking about the art of discipline. And even as Eldress Nadia, she did an awesome job, and she's talking about, you know, that place of transitioning for us, amen. And even as I go into the scripture about every kind of beast and bird and serpent and things in the sea is tame and have been tame of mankind. So what God was saying is that, you know, y'all, he's saying every beast can be tamed. Any beast can be trained. It says can be trained of mankind. You know, they can be trained to do, to follow, to follow instructions. Come on, to, to, to be able to be led, to be able to stay in their habitat where they're supposed to be so that they can grow. He said that every beast, bird, and serpent, and things of the sea is saying. And what God is saying to us on tonight as we're talking about discipline is that even a beast can be moved off of uh, command. They can be moved off command. Come on, glory to God. Because when you tame something, when you train an animal, when you do, you, they move off command, right? It don't matter if they want to do it or not. It don't matter if Michael want to come fetch, fetch the, the, the bone or not. Come on, whatever you say, that's what he's going to do, right? And so what God is saying is that even in our walk with God, and even as we got to this place, y'all, we have just been moving off of command. Come on. He's like, don't even be all excited because you showed up to prayer, because you showed up, showed up on the word, because you, you even preach. Come on. Because you pray for somebody. Come on. Glory to God. You stay with your family, hallelujah. You you like, I love that person. Oh, but some things we do, y'all, it's just off of command. Come on, hallelujah. And so what God wants to do tonight, God wants to bring alignment, amen, that your heart and your mouth and your actions, they all match. Come on, say God, they all gonna match tonight. Come on, glory to God. They all gonna match as I go into 2022 because what I will not do, amen, is continue to move off a of command. What I will not do is just do something. Come on, and my heart ain't in it. Come on, I'm gonna raise my hand right there. Hallelujah. Because I'm gonna tell you something, saints. You can minister. You can dig into this word. Come on, glory to God. You can have a scripture every single day, but you do it off a of command. Come on, you're not doing it your heart is in it. You're not doing it. Come on. And what he's saying is stop hyping yourself up. Uh-oh. Stop hyping yourself up. Because he said any beast can do that. Any serpent can do that. Anything. Come on. Y'all play with me tonight. He said stop hyping yourself up because we get all hyped because you know what? I got up and I went for prayer and I got, you know, I did this and I did that, you know, but the Lord is saying it's a lot of things y'all, y'all we can even be in relationships off command. Oh, it's just off command. You just that because you saw somebody else get it. Come on, hallelujah. But you can train an animal to do what you do too. Come on, glory to God. You talking about roll over cycle. You tell him how to roll over. What do you do? You roll over. Come on. You see what somebody else is doing. Come on. And you can still be doing it off command. I'm preaching to myself tonight. Come on. I'll be free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because God, what we will not do, we're talking about the art of discipline. Amen. Discipline is not just about your actions. It's not just about God. I'm just because I'm commanded to do it. Come on, glory to God. Hallelujah. It's not just about that. 
And what we doing, God is saying, it must be in alignment. Hallelujah. Oh my God, hallelujah, glory to God, y'all. We, we, we come on, hallelujah. He said anybody can do that, any animal can do that. Anybody. And you hyping yourself up about that. And the Lord is saying, no, come on, glory to God. And you know what? What happens is that we become frustrated. Frustrations have prevailed in the heart because you're doing things, just be doing it. You're just doing it because you've always done it. You doing it, come on, you cooking dinner because you just gotta cook it. You when the last time you cooked that dinner, you was happy about it. Come on, when you were singing through the house and you know joyful about it, or you just doing it just frustrated. Uh-oh. Frustrated by everything you're doing. My God, hallelujah. But, but your heart is not in it. Hallelujah. And God is saying we must align, hallelujah, our actions, our heart and our mouth. So go to my next scripture. Amen. Go to my next scripture. So look, look at what it says. It says, but the tongue can no man tame. He said, you can do the actions, but you can't get your mouth to, to, to do right, to speak right. He said, you're doing the action. Uh-oh. <laughs> you that you that change yourself to do an action, hallelujah! But you can't even get your mouth, hallelujah, to talk right. Come on, and and to treat people right. Cause look at this. He said, "But no man can't tame your mouth." Amen. Lord, the Lord is helping us tonight because some of y'all need to have a meeting with yourself. Come on, glory to God. You don't need to have a meeting with me. Back up. Your husband, your wife, your cousin, you need to have a meeting with self tonight. Hallelujah. You need to have a meeting to say, you know what? Let, let me talk, let me talk it over with myself. Come on, glory to God. Because so it is some things that you know I am just going off command, God, but my mouth. Come on, the Lord speaking to us, y'all, for a reason. He said, but the, he said, the tongue, no man can tame it. I said, God, no man? He said, no. The only one can tame your mouth is God. Lord, have mercy. Only God, if you discipline enough, come on, hallelujah, and speak when God says speak, come on, hold your tongue when he said, hold your tongue, come on, when he said, go walk away and pray, and you go walk away and pray, come on, glory to God, only God, come on, right now, only God can discipline my mouth, come on, because he said no man can even tame the mouth, only God. Because we're going to let God be God, right? Oh, hallelujah. We're going to let him be God. Only God can tame the mouth. Hallelujah. I want to go to my reference scripture, which was James 5 and 16. Amen. I want to go to my reference scripture. I'm not going to be here long, y'all. Confess your thoughts one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The affection of fervent prayer, the righteous may avail of much. So you know what the Lord said? He said, he said the people, I'm going back to just being frustrated because I said there's so many, so many things that we're struggling with. He said there's so many things that we're struggling with. You're supposed to be using your mouth to confess your faults. I said, God, what happened to confession? Talk about discipline. Confess some things. That is crazy, yeah? Listen, hallelujah, the ones of old, the saints of old, know about the confession sessions, hallelujah. Well, we all just got it in, just, just confess. Come on, hallelujah. And it it's discipline to confess. Come on, hallelujah. It was something I needed.
feel like God, I'm still dealing with this. I, sh- I ought not even still be dealing with the same thing. I still should not have the same, you know, but, but the Lord is like, no, because you are carrying around all these secret struggles. Hallelujah. And instead of confessing these things, what they're doing is they're coming all out. Come on, out of your mouth. Hallelujah. And you're so sick of you. Come on, I was that other day. I, I said, I'm so sick of me. I'll be saying God. Come on, you will get sick of yourself. Not only God sick of you and the people sick of you. Come on, you get sick of yourself. Because you're like, Lord, cut my mouth, God. Hallelujah. Because look at this, y'all. We have to confess. Come on, say, God, I'm going to own up to some stuff. Come on, glory to God. I'm going to own up to some stuff. Come on, hallelujah. I'm going to open up my mouth. I can't confess that thing to myself. Time. I'm just going to confess to me. I'm going to write it in my journal. The Bible says, confess your false one to another. Come on, glory to God. Hallelujah. That we can pray and be healed from this thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I know you got your daily journal, but pull that out, amen, as you call in another saint or call in your and pull your journal out, hallelujah, and go through it, amen, and the very things, and confess, hallelujah. Come on, say, God, I'm going to hold up to that stuff. Come on, I'm going to hold up, because look at this, look at the scripture, amen, look at this. He said, because, he said, the tongue, it is unruly evil. It's unruly evil. Saints, when I was looking up unruly, these are the words that I got. And I need you to find you, okay? Because we're going to be better tonight. Rude. Uncontrollable. Out of order. Rebellious. Troublemaking. Attention seeker. Loud. Reckless. Nosy. Chaotic. Defiant. And difficult. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God is saying, our mouths are so unruly. I don't want to have to read through that again. Come on, hallelujah. But I need you to find yourself. Don't find nobody else. And God, I'm going to find myself, God, in this thing. Because there's a part to this thing, God. Because I have knowledge where I am. Come on. I have to own up to the stuff that I am doing. Come on. Because some of us rude. I'm talking about uncontrollable. You can't hold it. You can't. You I just can't, I, I got to say it. Come on, glory to God. Y'all out there, come on, out of order, saying stuff that you have no business saying. Come on, rebellious troublemakers, always seek attention. Always nosy in somebody else's business. Y'all, that's unruly because you're supposed to be minding your own business. Come on, glory to God. Hallelujah. Not trying to find out what's going on with everybody else. And you're difficult. And so the Lord is like, your mouth is unruly and evil. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Come on, glory to God. Your mouth is unruly and it is evil. Glory to God. Your actions is lining up, but your mouth is a mess. Come on. Your mouth is out of control. Your mouth is rude. Your mouth is defiant. Come on, glory to God. When you hear one thing, you saying something. I'm going to get off of y'all in a minute. Come on. But I was on me. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to get this word out because I'm tired. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm through this word. Okay, I was like, please hurry up. Come on, let me get this out, God. Hallelujah. I know what I'm talking about. Come on, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. But, but, but y'all, these are the things that God is saying. You know, I know, you know, that we 
So, well, God, you know, I don't want confess. You have to confess all this stuff. Because when you don't, and you just continue to do, and you just continue to show up, and you just continue to raise your hand, come on. Some of us show up and, and be at the front of the room like we all in it too. Like, I'm, I'm in the front, come on, showing up at the front of the room with your hand up, like you just up and you're not in it. Come on, your heart and, and, and your, your speech is not lining up with what you have, what, what, what your actions are. He said, because you're full of deadly poison. Come on, y'all. That, that, I say, God, that, that's so toxic. That's toxic. But we'll call other people toxic. But y'all, some of us right here on this phone is toxic. Come on, glory to God. I mean, they got toxic relationships. You have toxic relationships because it is you. Lord have mercy. It is you in your mouth that's toxic. That's bringing it to the bringing it to the relationship, bringing it into your house, bringing it into the ministry. Come on, glory to God. Bringing it, hallelujah, into those places that God called holy. Amen. And you are bringing that toxic, God. You talk, deadly poison. Yeah, that's a snake. I said, God, I knew you know. I, I knew you ain't calling us a snake tonight, Jesus. We cannot be. Come on, glory to God. We cannot be that bad, God. God is like, yes, deal with it. Deal with it. Who want to be around? Who want to hang out with the snake? Who, who want a snake? Come on. We petting the snake at church. We not. Who want the snake? Come on. Glory to God. Oh, my God. Nobody, Lord. Nobody. 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 So, y'all, we got to. Come on. It is an art to this thing. We have to discipline our tongue. Go on to my next scripture. Hallelujah. Go on. Amen. It says, therefore, bless me, God, even the Father, and therefore, curse man. He said, which is the same similitude of God. He said, therefore, we bless God. So we are talking about the saints. We're talking about the people that bless God. We're talking about the people that know God. Come on. Hallelujah. He's not talking about the people out there, uh, you know, in the world. The Lord is talking to us. Come on, he's talking to the praises. Come on, hallelujah. And know how to bless God, hallelujah. And God is saying, you know who I am. You know I'm the father, come on. But out of your same mouth, you are still cursing man. That can't come from the same place. We can't lift up hands and worship and sing and bless and praise all over the place and we know you are praising but then we also know you as the one that occurs people you are still the one that'll go off on people come on I, you know i don't know y'all but, but, but he said listen you can't bless god and even look at the father and then curse man and you know what i say god this shows us right here that God, the relationship with God and the relationship with man, it does go hand in hand. We cannot, we always want to separate that, but we can't. Come on, because what, what does the scripture say? He said, he, he just said, love God and hate his brother. What he said, he a liar. Come on, God is always telling us, you know, it all goes hand in hand. You can't say that you love God 
you talk crazy to, to your neighbor or you talk crazy to your children and you cussing everybody out and you telling your wife off and you telling your spouse off and you going, you know, your boyfriend and you telling him, you cussing him Come on, God, we, it don't go together. Come on, you still, God said, no, your relationship with God, your relationship with man is still, it goes hand in hand. It still does. God said, because they are my people, they're still, they're still made in the image of me. I do want to encourage you tonight, Lord, because I know my word has not been encouraged. Amen. It has not been encouraged. Amen. But I just want you to know, amen, because what God is saying, even in this, he said, yeah, he said, you know, it, it may be some things about my people, but you still can't curse them. You know why? Because they still belong to me. Amen. They are still made in my image. Come on, glory to God. God still choose you. Amen. Hallelujah. God, said you, God still wants to use you. Amen. God still chose you glory to god because it's even people that that, that god wouldn't even allow them to curse you come on it's people that wanted to curse you amen there was people that say you know what they ain't gonna make it through come on it's people that say you know what they ain't gonna keep going glory to god come on say, but god still choose us hallelujah glory to god we are still chosen by god amen hallelujah but the lord said he said these are still my people amen that's still my people do about it come on you can't curse them and nobody else can either come on hallelujah nobody can't curse them they're my people amen and there's nothing that you can do about it come on glory to god nothing amen so go to my next scripture go to my next scripture and it says out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and curses cursing it says my brother these things are not be so and once again he's saying out of the same mouth and I said, God, why did he keep coming back and saying this thing to us? He said, because it's confusion. That's confusion. If, if, if you got blessings and, 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 cur and curse coming out of the same mouth, it's confusion, saints. Come on, glory to God. We, we were talking about we were talking about character. We were talking about all these things this year. Amen. Hallelujah. But, but what God is saying, no, He said, you. Some people want to hold on to that. They are rather hold on to confusion. Come on, people are make an idol. They are. They, come on, they they are put an idol up so they can they can worship that. Come on, I know people uh, uh, follow storms. They do all because people are want to worship that. Come on, and like Elder said, it's some things that God must do in us first because the world. Come on, they will idolize being confused. You know why? Because I don't have to, I don't have to choose a side. I don't have to choose which way to go. Come on, I don't have to use faith. I don't have to stick with one thing. So I'd rather be confused. I'd rather act like I don't know. Come on, I'd rather act like I don't know what God is telling me and where God is telling me to go and what is God wanting me to do and what I should be doing. Come on, we'd rather be confused because we don't want to choose a side. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying. But the world, the world, come on, glory to God. They're going to keep choosing confusion. Come on, they'll worship that thing. Come on, hallelujah, but not us. Amen. Come on, say, God, not this year, God, not this year. I'm not going to live like the confusion, God. I'm going to pick a side, God, and that's the side I'm going to walk my faith in. Amen. I'm going to choose a side. Come on, say it again. I'm going to choose a side, Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm going to walk in this year. And my time is almost up. So I'm going to go real quick with 11 and 12. I'm going to start with 11 and 12. He said, do it and send for the same place, sweet water and bitter. And go ahead at 12 as well. I'm going to just blend it together. 
And it says that uh, verse 12 says, and can the fig tree, my brother, bear olive berries, even, even vine seeds? It says, so can no, it says, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? And basically the Lord was just asking us a question. He keeps asking us a question. He's saying, how can this happen? Come on, something is off, y'all. It got to be a place of separation. A part of my strategy of discipline is I have to separate those things. Come on, I have to break because I can't have the sweet and the bit. Those things have to separate. They cannot blend together. Amen. So what God is saying is that, y'all, even as we are walking into this new year, it's some things that God must separate. It must move away. Amen. And go to verse 12. Because what is coming God, you know, it's not going to be a question about my fruit. It's not going to be a question about what's on my tree. Come on, glory to God. It's some seeds, y'all, that we have planted with our mouth that have made us off balance. That's off balance. Come on. Why is the fig got berries? Come on. The fig tree should not have all of it. It's, it's, it's off balance. Come on, glory to God. And there's some things that we have seeds we have planted with our mouth that got us so off balance that we can't even figure out how to get back home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But we disciplined in this thing. We're going to have a meeting with ourselves tonight. Amen. And we're going to get this thing in order. Amen. We bless the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Glory. To the name of the Most High God, praise God for the prophetess and for Pastor Katrina. Amen. Uh, coming before me. Amen. Um, is everything all right? I have the privilege of coming with verse number 13. Amen. And it says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, his work with meekness of wisdom. Amen. And one thing that we've been talking about in this particular chapter, we've been talking about the mouth, but one thing in particular that James is speaking about, he's speaking about division. Amen. There's some things that God is going to begin to separate as we talk about division, right? And the prophetess, you begin to take, uh, talk about the separating of fires from the consuming fire, hell's fire, right? Strange fire. Not only that, then Pastor Katrina began to talk about how our speech has been divided or separated, right? There has to be a separation even in our speech from bitter to sweet speech, right? So there has to be a separation, right? And the other thing, when we begin to talk about uh, this art of discipline, the prophetess hit it on the head when she began to talk about the strategies, right? We need strategies in order for us to actually be a disciplined people for the things that God is actually doing in us. We need to have strategies in order to implement or apply this discipline to our life. Discipline to the tongue, right? And so so the source that needs to be disciplined, it is the heart, right? Because the Bible tells us out of the abundance of the heart, that's what the mouth is going to speak. So we got to bring discipline to the heart, right? So that our tongue can actually speak words of discipline. Amen. So even as we're talking about this, the prophets begin to give us definitions about discipline, right? Uh, one of those definitions are punishment for the sake of correction or number two, control gained by enforcing obedience or order. Definition number three, orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior, right? 
right? So understand, there is going to be a prescribed conduct, right? Even when we talk about the statutes of God in the Hebraic context, it's talking about a prescribed task or a prescribed portion that God wants for us to have. Even as we talk about this division, this separation, or the discipline of the tongue, there is a prescribed task, right? Or prescribed portion that we need in order to bring discipline to our lives, right? Definition number four talks about, for discipline, it talks about training that corrects, molds, or perfects the, the mental faculties or moral character, right? So it's training. So one of these strategies of bringing discipline about in our life is going to be the training. And I know y'all don't like that training aspect right there, right? And it, listen, we get ready to roll into the new year. This is typically the time that we make all these different uh, 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 New Year's resolutions and things of that nature, right? Where you about to work out more, you about to train it, get yourself together, get in shape, get your mind right, get woken, all these different things, right? Well, training is one of the strategies that we need in order to bring discipline to our life, right? He said training that corrects, right? Not just corrects, but it molds and perfects the mental uh, uh, faculties, right? And if you know anything about the heart, the heart of the mind that you interchangeably throughout the scripture, right? The place where decisions are made, where emotions are the seat of the emotions, the appetite, the passions, all of these things, they arrive in the heart. And so understand, we got to be able to bring discipline to the heart, right? And so God is going to use these things, to, uh, strategies to help bring about training methods that is going to help correct, help mold and perfect the mental faculties of and also as well as the moral character, right? And do you understand when you talk about the heart, the heart is a component of the soul, right? And, and, and if you know anything about the soul, the character is also a component of the soul. And so these strategies are going to help bring discipline, not just to the heart as well as your tongue, but also to your character, do you understand? According to how you speak, it's how you speak that defines what your character actually looks like, right? So based upon how you speak, right, the conversations that you have, people are going to de determine that's the type of character you are based upon how you're speaking, right? So we need to utilize these strategies to bring discipline to our, not just our heart, but also to our mental faculties, but to our character. So we need our speech, our tongue to be disciplined, right? And so even as we go over to verse number 13, it talks about who is a wise man and endure with knowledge among you. Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness, right? And so the man of God is asking us this question, right? Who is a wise man or a wise woman, might we add, right? And endure with knowledge among you, right? So who is a wise man, wise woman among us? He said, if you are, let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom, right? So simply put, don't talk about it, right? You also got to be about it, right? You can't just have good talk, good conversation that's trying to show people or make people believe that you're wise, right? But we should see wisdom in your conduct. We should see wisdom in your actions. We should see wisdom in your behavior, right? So this is how we're going to know if you truly have the wisdom of God, not just how you speak, but how you carry yourself, how you conduct yourself, how you interact and engage with other people. This is how we're going to know that the wisdom is God is there, right? So let me go ahead and just drop this pen. One of the other things that we're going to see that's being separated, it's not just God is bringing division amongst the fires and the speech, but we're also going to see where God is bringing a division amongst the wisdoms when you come to these particular uh, verses, right? Verse number 14 says, but if ye have bitter envying, right, and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth, right? And that's a big if. That's a big if. That's a big, big, big if, right? Because most of us, we're still dealing with some things, right? Like the pastor talked about some things in our heart that are just unconfessed, some things that, that have caused us to operate and flow in bitterness or, or even envying for that matter, right? So it's a big if, if we're going to be able to say that, hey, my heart is 
pure. My heart is right. My heart is clean before the Lord. Most of us, our heart is not in this place where it's pure, where it's clean, where it's right before God because we got some bitterness, right? The proof that bitterness is in your heart is based upon what is coming out of the abundance of your heart, right? When we talk about bitterness, right? Bitterness in the Greek is simply talking about what? Having harsh or sharp words, right? Having harsh or sharp words, right? Or cutting words, right? If you find yourself cutting folk, if you find yourself having harsh or sharp words in conversation with people, that might be proof or that might be indication that you have some bitterness in your heart, some unresolved bitterness that is still lingering in the depths of your heart, right? He said, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, right? So bitterness is not the only thing, but he talks about having envy in the heart as well as strife in the heart. Envy in the Greek is simply talking about rivalry, right? When we rival, right? And this is the thing. We have bitterness and envy and strife in our hearts where this is directed against the truth of God's word, the truth of who God is, the truth of who you are, the truth of other people are in your life, right? We have bitterness and envy towards these different people and it is the truth that God has spoken or revealed the release about this individual, right? So understand, it's not just directed at the person, but it's the truth of who that person is, right? The image of who they've been creating and the image of Christ, it is directed against that truth, right? So when you talk about this envy, it is the truth, this bitterness and this envy, it is rivaling, it is coming against the truth of who God said you're supposed to be, who God said your sister is supposed to be, your brother is supposed to be, your husband, your children are supposed to be, right? So it is rivaling the truth of what God has spoken, right? He said, but if you have bitter or envying and strife, right? And when you talk about strife, right, uh, that's, we always find it, because strife simply talking about it in the Greek, is talking about to stir up, right? Not just to stir up, right? But to excite, not just to excite, but to provoke. How many times you've been there where you've been trying to stir up the truth of God, excite the truth of God, or provoke the truth of God in a good manner, in a particular good manner that is going to bring forth the glory of God? No, most of us, we find ourselves provoking folk where they turn away from the truth about what God has spoken or revealed about them, right? Because of the envy or because of the jealousy in our hearts or because of the bitterness in our heart because we have not dealt with those unresolved issues and we can't hardly deal with the truth about what God has spoken about the life of somebody else. Uh, let me drop a pin right here, right? Uh, hey, do you know somebody? Can you relate, right? You tend to find yourself dealing with a little bit of bitterness, a little bit of envy and a little bit of strife, right? When you see a folk that you know got relationship with, right? They seem to be being blessed by God doing the things of God, moving and flowing in the will of God and the blessings of God is flooding their life. And you over here like, God, hold up. Wait a minute, God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about your boy over here right here, God? You got to understand, God. I'm praying too, God. I'm praising too, God. I'm worshiping too, God. I'm fasting and praying too. I'm in my word too, God. I'm talking to folk about Jesus too. What about me, God? Well, the truth be told, you have not dealt with the bitterness and you have not dealt with the envy nor the strife, right? And a lot of times you have not talked about confess like the pastor say the bitter of the envy or the strife that you have in your heart towards people that you know where it seems to be God is flooding their lives with blessing oh it's human nature for us to deal with jealousy it's human nature for us to deal with bitterness it's human nature for us to deal with envy and have a little bit of strife in our heart we can't stand to see other folks doing better than us that's why Paul said come on you got to rejoice when they rejoice see that's about being disciplined only when you're disciplined can you rejoice when those around you are still being blessed and it seems like you are being passed over, looked over, being passed by and all of that stuff. It takes discipline to be able to rejoice while others are rejoicing. See, that's why you ought to thank God for the discipline, right? We thank God for God separating us from being undisciplined and unruly, right? He then says in the word, he says, this wisdom descended not from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual and devilish, right? So listen, we say he's going to separate or divide these wisdoms, right? So we understand there were some people who are still 
still operating and flowing and speaking by the means of this earthly wisdom, right? This earthly wisdom, he said, he said, it descendeth not from above, right? But it abides here in this earth, right? You got a whole bunch of folk walking around talking about how woke they are. Are you really woke or are you just merely aroused? And what God told, he, he began to say, listen, folk ain't woke. They're not woke. It's a whole lot of facts out there, but you got a lot of folk who are running from the truth, right? We got a lot of folk that all they want is facts. And what I know about facts, facts can change, right? For instance, right, a fact, it is dark outside right now, but just give it a little bit of time and the fact is going to change. The sunlight is going to break through the cloud and that fact is going to change. But a truth is something that stands forever. It is unchangeable. And that's the difference between truth and something that is factual, right? And when people are walking around thinking that they're woke, they're just dealing with facts. But don't nobody want to deal with the truth. Let's deal with the truth about you. Let's talk about how rebellious you are. Let's talk about how perverted you are. Let's talk about how stubborn you are. Let's talk about how selfish you are. Let's talk about how stingy and nasty you can be and unruly you can be. All of these different things, right? See, that is a truth right there. We're not talking about the fact, but that is a truth right there. And many folk don't want to deal with this particular truth. So you find folk walking in the mindset, embracing the mindset that they're woke when they're really just dealing with facts. And what God began to do, he said, listen, these folk that claim to be woke, they're just aroused because they're dealing with a sensual earthly wisdom, right? It is arousing them in the realm of their emotions, right? And they're being stirred and driven by the realm of their emotions. The thing that is causing them, it makes them feel good. They feel have this feeling in their heart and they get this feeling and they're being driven by this feeling. Well, I feel I should do this. I feel I should go here. I feel I should be with this person right here. It is nothing but an arousal where the enemy is using this central and devilish wisdom of the world where it's arousing people in their emotions. They're being driven by their emotions, making all kinds of errors and mistakes in their life. This is the difference between the wisdom of God as well as this wisdom, this sensual and devilish earthly wisdom that is present here in the earth realm. And that's why God has to bring a separation of the vision between the two wisdoms, right? Because sometimes people in the church, if you're not careful, yeah, you will find yourself allowing yourself getting aroused in your emotions, right? Because listen, the thing about this right here, when you talk about your emotions, there are passions and there are appetites, things that we desire and crave and that we want, right? And, and, and if you're not careful, you'll find yourself chasing out of these things right there because it moves you because you focused on this thing and because you meditated upon this thing and you've thought about this thing and you're now longing for this thing. This thing has caused you to become aroused in your emotions, right? That's sensual devilish earthly wisdom, right? That is not the wisdom of God. And he tells us, he said, for we're envying, here we go again, we're envying and strife is, uh, uh, there is confusion in every evil word. He says, we're envying and strife is, you got to understand, we're envying, right? Where there is rivalry, where there is a rival against the truth, where there is jealousy. And when you talk about the strife, where there is stirring up, where there is an excitement, where there is a provoking, he said there is going to be confusion. There has to be a separation or division between confusion and the peace of God, right? So wherever envy and strife is, there is going to be confusion. But he didn't stop right there. He said, listen, not just envy and strife and confusion, but you got to understand every evil work is going to be present. Every evil word. Come on, all means all, right? So every it's got to mean every evil work is going to be present, right? And I know you say, listen, I just, I just, I just had some bitter words. I just had some harsh words. Well, well, you're not telling us what you thought about, right? You're not telling us the evil works that you had in your mind. You're not talking about the evil plots that you had in your mind. Go ahead and bless God. It's a new year. Thank God he brought us into a new year. Father, we thank you for letting us cross over to another year. God, to see another year of life. God, and we thank you for the grace and mercy and the love that is going to be reckless toward us even now, God. In 
the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Celebrate. You ought to give God praise that he kept you for a whole nother year. Thank you, God, for allowing us to cross over to this year 2020 or 5782 and on the Jewish calendar. Amen. In Jesus' name, right? So understand, we got that out the way, right? He says, so for where envy and the strife is, there is confusion in every evil word. And, and how many times have you divulged your thoughts, right? Those evil plans, those evil work, those evil agendas that you have in your mind. We know, we know the only thing you put on display was that you cut your eye at folk. But you're not talking about what you truly felt in your heart when you cut your eye. You're not talking about what you were really thinking when you cut your eye or when you mumbled under your breath and when you shrugged your shoulder and when you did like this, when you didn't want to hear no more of what they had to say. You're not telling us what you really was thinking. You're not letting us into the complete agenda of the plan that you was working in on your mind. See, every evil work is present. Every evil work. When envy and strife, there is confusion in every evil work, right? He says, but the wisdom, the wisdom that is from above. Uh, here we go, this separation, this division between the wisdom. But the wisdom that is from above, right? Look at it, right? The nature of this wisdom is first pure. It is first pure. Excuse my background. I already got guns and fireworks popping off in the background. So if you hear it, just excuse it in Jesus' mighty name, right? I pray don't no stray bullet come through not a door or a window in Jesus' name. While drunk folk out here shooting guns in Jesus' name, be a keeper and a fence all around it. He said, but listen, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure and then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Look at the nature. Look at the characteristics of the wisdom of God, right? Versus this, this earthly central demonic wisdom, right? He said it's pure, then it's peaceable, it's gentle, and it's easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Uh, uh, one thing, when you talk about this uh, being, being entreated and full of mercy and good fruits and without partiality, and listen, listen, this, this wisdom will cause you to be patient with people, right? Uh, uh, this wisdom is going to be pure, right? And even when you begin to talk about this wisdom of God, having the knowledge, the knowledge of God, right? This, this knowledge of God. One thing I begin to look at as I begin to look at this particular wisdom, right? Understanding the willis, right? Having the knowledge and the practice of the requisites for godly and upright living. So when you talk about wisdom in the Greek, it is interpreted or defined as it is the knowledge and the practice of requisites for godly and upright living, right? So it is going to be pure. And because of its purity and its peaceableness, its gentleness, as well as being easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits and without partiality and without hypocrisy, right? I this wisdom of God gives us a knowledge that we're able to practice or exercise, right? This wisdom of God in our lives, right? For the, re the re requisites of godly living before God. Not just godly living, but living upright before God. This is why we need the wisdom of God versus this earthly, sensual, uh, demonic wisdom that flows in the earth, right? There was a difference between these wisdom. Which wisdom are you operating in? That is the question. Which wisdom are you operating in, right? And then he says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Now, based upon this wisdom, based upon this truth, and based upon this division that God is bringing about, he said, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So for, for those of us that who are trying to have peace, listen, you're going to reap this thing. Because he said, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Peace is going to be a product of righteousness. So anytime there is confusion, 
right? Inside your atmosphere, inside your home, inside your mind, inside your conversation, inside your conduct of behavior, righteousness is not present. You want to know if righteousness is present or you want to know if you're in right standing with God, peace is going to be present. And you'll be able to establish peace. So you, do you understand, Pastor Katrina was talking about being unruly, how difficult some of us are. Do you understand how many times you go and mess up the atmosphere of people's homes? Do you understand how you just kept the conversation? We started off good, but because of you, but your unruly self. Now we find ourselves way over here in left field. And, and, and we, we, we went with the intent to have a peaceable conversation. But now we find ourselves arguing all over the place. Cutting each other off, telling one another to shut up, you know, being disrespectful, all these type of stuff. But when you know that you are in right standing with God, the proof is peace is going to follow and you can establish peace. So if, if I'm walking in the righteousness of God, no matter what atmosphere I go, if peace was not present, peace comes with me. I should be able to establish peace in that environment because I'm walking in the righteousness of God. I wish I had some help right there. I, I, I can expound a little bit more, but I'm going to try to stand with the confines of time. So, amen. I'm going to stop right there. Again, we were talking about the art of discipline, the strategies of being disciplined. Amen. So, again, we know that we have crossed into a new year. We thank you guys for allowing us this opportunity to watch a new year come in, to see the glory of the Lord that is going to be unleashed, unfolded, and revealed in the lives of his people, right? And one thing that's customary with this particular house is a very prophetic house, right? Uh, We lay and we pray and, and, and we hear. What the Lord is speaking to our lives, uh, speaking to the body of Christ. And so we're going to have three voices that are going to come and they're going to give us the prophetic word. Right. Uh, You got to understand my wife was determined to speak what the Lord had gave her. Right. I'm talking about to the point that she recorded a word while she's trying to drive to work. I bless God for her. Oh, she's a bad somebody. Right. Uh, My people know uh, she's so sweet. Just like (laughs) stop. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Somebody should have typed candy right there. You should have finished that sentence for me right there. Listen, you got to understand, but she's a bad somebody. While she dropped the word, she made sure I got to release the prophet word that God has given me on behalf of the body and on behalf of these children. I'm going to record it while I drive the word. She's a bad somebody. So if you got that word, you can release that word. This word is going to come forth by uh, our very own first lady. Amen. Um, then we're going to have MK, a teacher of the house, an anointed woman of God. And then we're going to have Pastor Ivan. They dubbed him the church whisper. So he's going to bring us a prophet word in Jesus name. And then. I'll give myself a pro- I'll speak and release the prophet word that God has given me, and I will turn it back over to Pastor Ivan in Jesus' name. Amen. 2022 for the children. The Lord is saying, be mindful of the spirit of molestation. Um, be mindful of who your children are interacting with, uh, whether it is family, whether it is friends, whether it is extracurricular activities. The Lord is saying, even be mindful, even in um, parents, the Lord had been dealing with me uh, about molestation for at least about uh, probably about a month, month and a half, keep putting it in my spirit, even for um, the fathers, be mindful of the spirit of lust. Uh, uh, don't allow the spirit of pornography to enter in. Uh, don't allow um, the generational curses that uh, you might have struggled with or been exposed to. The enemy wants to come and violate the children through molestation. 
and it's not going to be from uh, somebody down the street. It's going to be within the family. It's going to be uh, parents. It's going to be siblings. It's going to be um, aunts and uncles. We have to be mindful of who we as believers, though we are believers in Christ, we have to be mindful of even, even our own families who we are allowing our children to be around. We have to be mindful of the spirit of addiction. We know that we have people within our family that struggle uh, with uh, addiction, drinking, uh, drugs. Uh, we have to be mindful of the environment that we have our children in. We could not be lackadaisical about just giving our children to anybody, um, even for parents, uh, being overwhelmed and being tired and just want to allow our kids to go places. We have to be careful and mindful before we even allow that, before we allow our kids to go to people's houses and go spend a night, we have to be mindful of that. Uh, God is really, really calling the children to be uh, in a place where God wants to meet them. God wants to use them. God wants to speak to them. God wants to give them words. God wants to have an intimate relationship in the children and the enemy wants to destroy their vulnerability, destroy their purity, um, destroy uh, what God has placed on the inside of them and the enemy wants to violate it. Don't allow the children, it doesn't matter if you are a parent, if you are a godparent, um, if you are a cousin, you need to be mindful of the children that are in your family. God is calling us to pray for the children because the children will have to grow up and lead us and be leaders of the nation and of the world. And if the children are hurt, if they are wounded, um, they are uh, bitter, feeling violated, they're going to blame God. They're going to blame the parents. They're going to blame um, the people that are over their lives when they were the most vulnerable. We have to be mindful of the children, um, be mindful of the children um, in our neighborhood. We have to be more watchful, more prayerful over those that are not able to fight for themselves. The Bible says, you know, God calls them young because they're strong. We have to be able to speak and pray over the children to undergird them, to support them, to push them, to encourage them, tell them who they are in God now, not when they become an adult, not when they try to find their own way. We as believers should be speaking into the lives of the children and guarding and protecting them in the spirit as well as the natural. The word for the body of Christ is the Lord is saying that we need to be looking for uh, 2022 to be a new year, not just be a new year, a new you, meaning that you cannot be who you were in the past. You cannot have the same mindsets. You cannot have the same behaviors. You cannot have the same hurts. You cannot have the same animosity and unforgiveness. God is calling us to be new, brand new, meaning that he wants us to be washed. He wants us to be clean. He wants us to be refined. Don't allow what we see that's going on now in this nation, in this world to hinder where God is taking us because God wants to take us in a further direction in him. God wants us to be focused. God don't want us to be distracted by the spirit of infirmity, by sickness, famine in the land. It is a distraction to get us off from the purpose and the will of God and the destiny that God had called us to look forward for 2022 to be a year of blessings, a year of good health, a year of well-being, a year of prosperity naturally, emotionally, spiritually. God wants us well. 
He wants us well and new in him. Allow him to guide us and lead us through the word. Allow God to be uh, not just a, a, a person in our lives, but be a beacon that is calling us and directing us and who we should be and where we should go. Uh, do not allow distractions to distract us from where God is calling us to look forward for 2022 to be a newness, a newness, not just in the year, not just um, in other people, but allow God to do newness in you, what you used to do, what you, how you used to behave, what you used to think, things that would never change, how you will never forgive, how people will never forgive you, how you can never move on and press on from past failures. God wants to deliver us from the spirit of failure and the spirit of fear. He wants us to have boldness and confidence and faith in him to believe that God is who he said he is. Amen. Hallelujah, y'all. This is M.K. And I certainly do bless God for the word of the Lord, which has came forth from our first lady. Amen. If bread alive, if you have my scripture prepared, it is Philippians 1 and 16. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord that God has given me. Philippians 1 and 16. Can everybody hear me clearly? Just a thumbs up. But my voice ain't nothing. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord reads, the one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. And God said religion is about to be used to control. This is not just a 2022 word. This is that Kairos word that Pastor Lincoln was talking about Sunday, where this is a time period that we're about to enter in. And before, and even, see, this is what the enemy has done. The enemy has gotten us to believe that people are going to be religionless. But what they're going to do is not just turn from Christianity, because when they figure out that Christianity can be used to control, when they begin to find out, and as we have preached the love of God, but see, let me, let me, let me get to my paper, because you know, I get excited, hallelujah, but God said religion is going to be used to control, and God said the way that we preach love over control is going to be the only thing to set us apart. And God began to speak to me even earlier this year. There was something that happened in the earth realm. And it was a big court case. I'm not going to tell you which one it is because, you know, I don't want you to feel like, like, like uh, our religion had us choosing sides. But justice ended up not being served. And justice was not served under the umbrella of the Christian faith. Now, listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you. Because I had a conversation with God during that time. And I said, God, I said, if people do not believe that Christianity is going to give them justice. I said, I can see how they'll turn to other faiths. Because earlier this year, our apostle gave us a word that said Islam was about to take off. And I said, God, this is the very kind of thing right here that sets the stage for Islam to take off. I said, because if Christianity does not give people justice, they're going to, and this, this is what the Lord spoke to me. And even these doors that are going to be open, but see, this is what you're going to have to understand. And this is where you will have to check your lust for power because uh, this is what the word of the Lord gave me is that when people find out because what they're going to be seeking for in this hour is justice. Everybody's wanting justice. They're wanting God to look at their situation and judge them right or give them what 
they believe is their due. And when they feel like Christianity won't give them justice. And see, this is how we have to be careful in this hour about how we present the gospel. Because if we present the gospel to where we're always having to stand down for right being done, even by us, in favor of the devil, when people can't get justice, if they can't get justice from the church, if they can't get justice from your ministry, if they can't get justice from the way you divide the word of the Lord, and if they're always meant to be victimized, when people begin to seek justice in their life, they're going to turn to whichever faith opposite. And you've got to make sure that you have checked your spirit of control in this hour. Because, and God said, even as we as a nation, God said, we're so used to being a Christian nation, but God said that we're about to see justice used whatever religion works to control people. Because as we continue to preach the love of God, but as Christianity loses its hold of control, because again, if control is not bringing justice, and even as we preach, this is why you got to, I hear the Lord say, get the legalism out your message. Good God from Zion. Because if you'll be in the state in that vein, I'm talking to your leaders and your preachers. I'm talking about me too. Because if you don't get the legalism out of your message, then the spirit of control, even in Christianity, and people are going to leave this faith looking for justice. For their, for their, for their, for their uh, marriages, looking for justice for their children, looking for justice from themselves. And if they feel like the church, the church will give them rules but won't give them justice, or always make them susceptible to evil. But even in our government, we're going to see that the, the government of this United States and governments all around the world, if whatever religion they find out can control the people, that's the one they're going to turn to. And so even as they see people leave Christianity and this great falling away that's about to take place and intensify even the more, you're going to see them, okay? So if we're a Christian nation and the nation is losing Christians, then what do we need now to control them? Because people still going to be people of faith, you see? But they're not going to be people of the Christian walk. And see, this is when the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many is going to wax cold and behind a sense of my faith ain't doing right by me. And you're going to have to be mindful of this, even how you apply your, 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 your when you speak to people. And especially, this is what the Lord said, I got it on paper. Ask yourself, especially as a leader or those who want to follow me, why am I saying this? Remember our scripture, the one preach Christ of contention, my sincerity supposing to add afflictions to my bonds. And God said, you're even going to see people using the Christian message, Again, when they, when, they, when they find out it's not working anymore to keep people under a sense of control. And again, keep in mind, first line I gave you is that our love is going to be. The way we preach love in 2022 is going to be what sets us apart. But back to what I'm saying on my paper. It's a, especially if you're a leader or you're a person who wants a following, you're going to have to ask yourself, am I saying this to liberate people in Christ Jesus or to bind them to myself? And see, if you if you struggle with you need a follower in this hour, are you preaching Christ or are you preaching you? And even when people speak to you, because remember, even the enemy gave God the word. Amen. And so you're going to have to be mindful. Because just like uh, as a trainer, I got a support in scripture too. And it's uh, Matthew 4 and 6, man of God. And I'm going to get on out your way. Hallelujah. Matthew 4 and 6. I'm sorry, I should have told you that. I'll read it. Hallelujah. Matthew 4 and 6. It said, and saith unto 
them. This is when Satan was having a conversation with Jesus Christ. Thank you. After he had fasted 40 days and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And I say that we've been giving him his word back all year long. But I say the way we want him to implement his word is where we have a problem. And God said, when you speak his word, don't just give him back his word, but ask him to do right by his word and not keep on just doing right by you. Because how we execute the word of God is going to be everything because again, Satan was using the word to add affliction to Jesus Christ, not to liberate the gospel. And you're going to have to make sure that you are not doing the same thing. Why? Because the spirit is coming to infiltrate the land. And like I said, when we see this break falling away, but what you are going to see is religion being used to control. And though you using your faith to love is going to be the only thing that makes you different. I'm out. Wow. <laughs> My God, that's uh mm. Wow. Uh, if you could get James 1 and 4, I'm just going to get my word and keep it moving in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's James 1 and 4. Um, and what God spoke to me, he said, God says, patience is going to complete you. I know it's not the word that we want to hear. We don't like words about patience, but God said there's some things lacking in the area of us understanding his will, understanding the operation of his spirit and understanding even our daily life and our relationships. And there are things that we want to walk away from or pull away from quicker than where, what God wants to move. And God says patience wants to uh, is where we're going to be completed, be matured, where some things are going to actually uh, you know, come to fruition. So God says there's a, there are gaps and holes that he wants to fill but we have to allow patience in these areas for us to be filled in these areas, meaning, you know, this is where we have to not give up so quickly. And what the Lord really began to deal with me about is some of us were very, were very, very close to God opening up some things, giving us a greater understanding. And because we've been waiting so long or you've been waiting so long, you want to give up or you want to pull back or you don't, you know, you just want to disengage or you want to be distracted during this time. But God says patiently being in the position where you're supposed to be is where you have to be right now so you can be perfect and entire, not wanting that thing later on, not wanting God, you know, to give you understanding later on, but waiting, waiting, patience is what's going to give you that area of understanding that you need. Don't let the work of patience wear you out and don't get out of position because of how long you've been waiting. God says, I'm working. Stay in position. Stay in position. Amen. That's all I got. Amen. Um, amen. So thank God for the words. And this is what I'm going to say. The Bible tells us as one prophet speak, the other prophets judge. So prophets uh, amongst us in the congregation uh, put in the chat just the words as we're speaking and declaring these words. Amen. Uh, here is the word that the Lord has uh, spoken unto me. Um, Y'all know I've been studying uh, Hebraic concepts and principles, right? And when you look at 
uh, the year 2022 or the year 5782 uh, based upon the Hebraic calendar, right? Uh, when you take the number 80 and, and, and 82 rather, and you break that up, uh, the number 80 has uh, a numer its numerical value, right? And it's the letter pay in the Hebraic alphabet, which denotes mouth, right? And I told you last year, uh, might've been 2020, right? As soon as we came in this, this is going to be a decade dealing with the mouth. Uh, this entire decade is going to be something dealing with the mouth. Um, and so the numerical value for the uh, letter pay is, is 80. And the letter pay in Hebrew is defined as the mouth. The number two, uh, we understand uh, the letter that coincides with the number two is bet denoting house. Um, so we're talking about the house and we're talking about the mouth or we're talking about the mouth and we're talking about the house, right? And so even when we talk about the number two, right? Uh, the typical meaning that we typically hear for the number two is always witness, right? Uh, but I told you guys here in Charlotte that there was another meaning uh, uh, that correlates with the number two and it is division, right? It is division, division, right? So what God is saying, this is the word and I had to write it down, right? This is God says discipline, the source of the mouth which is the heart and he says if not there will be division in the inward house meaning the body between the tongue and the heart and if this is unchecked right this will manifest outwardly into the literal homes bringing about much confusion he said the enemy will try and use this division to stamp out honor and relationships within the homes and church he said which will cause a separation between people and the church right so even as mk has been talking about you know people leaving the church and things of that nature right there there you see in the word he said god god wants to separate the remnant, right? So the other part of this word dealing with division is God wants to separate the remnant from the pretenders or the religious. So God is doing something within the people to separate the remnant from uh, the pretenders or the religious, right? So he says, discipline yourself to stand still to see the salvation of the Lord. And just to encourage us again, right? Just to encourage us again, right? We know within the body, we have been dealing with something within the body, right? I want to just give you this word of encouragement, right? the Bible talks about smite the shepherd and the sheep was scattered. And I was kind of perplexed by that thing. And I kept saying, God, you know, well, the only thing that I can wrap my mind around is, you know, sheep hasn't scattered things in nature because it's just only because of your grace and mercy. Right. Well, even when a shepherd is smitten, sheep have a choice, although they're dumb animals, they have a choice rather to scatter, meaning run or they can stand steal right and what the lord began to tell me he said listen because we have stood still we shall experience we shall encounter the salvation of god while the enemy is trying to bring some things up and while the enemy is trying to come against us in various ways right and even concerning government, you know, the only thing God began to tell me concerning government was that there was a smoke screen that has been up. And for those of us as watchmen, we're going to have to press and lean in to be able to see in the distance beyond what's behind the smoke screen, right? He said, keep your eyes on uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, right? Because it is something significant that is going to happen with her. He didn't tell me what, but she's going to be a prominent, dominant figure that something is going to transpire. For, uh, there are many assumptions that uh, people think that, you know, uh, uh, it, it's just a front with President Biden. I don't know. God hasn't told me that, but I'm telling you, God said there was a smoke screen that has gone up. Watchmen, prophetic people, we have got to pray and press in to see beyond the distance, see beyond the smoke screen and to keep our eyes fixated upon uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. Something is going to transpire with her. Amen.